Welcome to the Texas Values Report. This is Jonathan Sines, president of Texas Values. Great to be with you on another glorious week in the state of Texas. Wow, is it a glorious week or not? I, I, I'm still, you know, just letting it all sink in. Two major decisions from the U.S. Supreme Court in the last week. Friday, because we're not even a week away from that, the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe versus Wade. On Monday, the U.S. Supreme Court grants a tremendous victory, a touchdown for football prayers. We're going to cover both of those topics today on this week's segment of the Texas Values Report. Now, it's also a special segment because we're recording this. Now, if you're watching on social media on Facebook, like it, share it, get it into some groups. We're going to go for about 30 minutes and have a tremendous conversation about the two most talked about court cases of the past week, and that'll be talked about for some time. But we're also going to talk about a little bit about what has happened with the Republican convention, what we can expect from the state legislature, and someone who's played a key part over the past year in significant victories on life and protecting churches and religious freedom. But while we're having this conversation, it is June 30th while we're taping this and doing this live. This is the fiscal year end deadline for Texas Values. We need your financial support. We need to raise $100,000 by midnight tonight. We go July 1st to June 30th. That is how our accounting is set up. So be keeping that in mind. If you're inspired during this conversation, go to txvalues.org, make that tax deductible donation today. But I'm excited because we've got three guests on today. So that means I've got to stay organized and on time. Our first guest today on this segment of the Texas Values Report, which is now broadcasting throughout the Dallas-Fort Worth area as well on The Word, is our good friend, State Representative Matt Shaheen. He is a former county commissioner, also serving out of the uh, the Greater Plano and Collin County area, and has been fr a friend for a long time. Representative Shaheen, welcome back to the Texas Values Report. Hey, Jonathan. It's great to be here. Thank you so much. Well, I'm glad you got your your horns on, your burnt orange. Um, you know, you can you can see my law degree behind me somewhere tucked away is my uh, undergraduate degree from the University of Texas. It's never a bad time to talk about uh, Longhorns and athletics. But I tell you what, you talk about football. A lot of us in Texas, it comes along. The faith is right there with it. And I want to look, uh, I go down memory lane a little bit and talk about some of the work we've done over the past year as we're wrapping up our year. But a lot of these things are coming into focus as we think about what did the legislature do last year? What are they going to do next year? And I'm not here to say that all the religious freedom battles have been solved. There are still some that we need to deal with. But one reason why we're in a better position to focus on making sure when it comes to vaccine mandates and medical decisions and freedom is because a lot of things were handled last session as it related to protecting our churches and our religious organizations. And when you see what's happening on the pro-life issue, pregnancy centers getting attacked, it's a good thing they're considered essential. But that's where you focus a lot of your work last session on a key piece of legislation that you passed. Yeah, I mean, we've been focused on, uh, of course, the life issue and uh, saving little baby lives in Texas and then religious freedom as well. You and I worked on a lot of those pieces of legislation. The governor actually signed three different pieces of legislation uh, that do protect religious freedoms in the state of Texas. No governmental entity from local to state, no agency can shut a church down ever. Uh, so we're going to make sure that uh, the freedom of religion during any type of emergency or what have you isn't compromised. And then, of course, the pro-life issue. And, and you said it exactly right, how excited we are about the overturning of Roe v. Wade. And we have a trigger bill in the state of Texas. Uh, so uh, abortions will be um, 
discontinued in uh, Texas in a, a very short period of time. A lot of babies have a bright future in Texas and really across the nation. Incredibly exciting times. Well, look, and, and to talk about those are some of the key issues that we dealt with during the legislative session. You fast forward to where we are now. The fact that Roe versus Wade has gone down. Texas was ready for this, right? The Texas heartbeat law, the $100 million funding for alternatives to abortion, the trigger law, the Human Life Protection Act, your colleague, Senator Angela Paxson, uh, was the Senate author for that bill. So, and then you've got the pre-Roe statutes, which now can come into effect because Roe versus Wade has got gone down. A lot of people sometimes don't realize that Roe versus Wade is a Texas case. So now that that is no longer the law of the land and no longer good in law, you can make the argument that now those pre-Roe statutes that ban abortion come into effect. And, and you see these things colliding, right? The religious freedom, the pro-life issue, because so much of the work that is done to support women and children is those faith-based entities. Unfortunately, we see them coming under attack by the left. Yeah, I mean, it's who would have thought that uh, people would get more upset about, you know, a coach praying at the 50-yard line than, you know, a transgender uh, in our in our schools in front of our children and trying to sexualize them. It's, the, 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 the left is pretty upside down right now, and but we're winning these battles. What's really been interesting is there's a lot of moms and dads that are getting engaged, both at the state and really the school board. Uh, races here locally in Texas yep. and across the nation. So there's some excitement uh, with respect to just the growth of the conservative movement, the Republican Party uh, in the state of Texas and beyond. But you're right, Jonathan, these battles, we're going to have to stay focused and, uh, and uh, geared towards continuing these fights because there will always be attempts to, to chip these away. But yeah, we're going to continue fighting, uh, focusing on the Lord and uh, doing it what's right for the state of Texas. Well, and I think it's important for people to realize that the reason you have these laws in place, you have government officials that are willing to defend our pro-life laws and pass religious freedom laws is because people are getting involved in elections and they're paying attention to these issues when they go to the ballot box. We've been telling people for years, school board races, county races, they're making decisions on these policy issues. And now we see it with some district attorneys saying, oh, I'm not going to enforce these pro-life laws. You may not have thought to ask them when you were going to vote for them, where are you on the pro-life issue? Because a lot of people thought about it with the Supreme Court and national level. At any level of government, you should be asking candidates where they stand on these issues. I know you appreciate that, having served in county government before. There are a lot of people, they don't share our values, but they get an elective office and they use it as a way to move those issues forward. But I do think Texas is in a good position to push back. I think the attorney general's letter gives a lot of insight yeah. as it relates to the life issue. And, and I would love to see now that the churches know that their religious freedoms are protected, speaking more freely about this issue from the pulpit. Yeah, I mean, one thing to keep in mind, to your point about uh, the greater attention on local races, because you're right, those are incredibly important. And sometimes we don't ask the tough questions of our, of our local candidates. But one of the other things that's really exciting that's happened in the state of Texas, especially in the southern part of the, of the state, is this hard shift uh, of the minority vote coming into the Republican Party. A lot of these topics that we're talking about today is, is causing people to the Hispanic community, Asian Indian community that are uh, shifting over to the um, Republican Party and really just the failed policies, the social economic policies from the federal government is doing so much harm, whether it's the border, whether it's inflation, whether it's high gas prices. People can see that this is directly a, as a result of failed liberal Democrat policies. And so we're seeing this exciting shift. So, look, our message 
to parents, uh, to the, our minority communities, is you have a home in the Republican Party, we're going to work to protect your freedoms. Uh, we're going to work with you to protect your children from being sexualized. Uh, we got a really bright future in the state of Texas, and it's because of this conservative leadership and this new focus, this new renewed focus um, on these local elections and just these, these incredible victories on life, on religious freedom. It's really just an exciting time to be in the state of Texas. No, there's no doubt. And look, you don't have to convince me, right? I'm fifth generation Texan. I'm always excited about Texas, but there are a lot of new people in our state. There are a lot of people that are thinking about these issues for the first time. And it's good to have some things to show them, some tangible results, some things for people to be encouraged by. You know, when you're traveling across the state or wherever on your family vacation, like I'm doing next week, and you're paying $5 a, a gallon, you start to wonder who's running the show or, wh or why do we have some of these, these policies at the federal level and other levels. And so really appreciate your leadership, appreciate your friendship, and thank you for standing alongside us here at Texas Values. Well, absolutely. I love working with you and the team, and uh, there's more to come. We have more work to do. Great. All right. State Representative Matt Shaheen has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Okay. we're Like I told y'all, we've got three guests, and so I'm going to bring in the next one. And because of that, I'm going to have to switch my backgrounds because he's got such a great playing field that he's working with. I'm now going to go to my playing field, which oftentimes is the uh, Texas Capitol and our Texas House of Representatives now behind me. But I want to welcome to the Texas Values Report uh, from First Liberty Institute, Jeremy Dice. Jeremy, how you doing, sir? I'm doing great, Jonathan. Good to see you. Good. Okay. You guys... I mean, how many different graphics am I going to see talking points with, you know, football connections? I don't get enough of it. Right. I, I say amen to all that, because what an extraordinary week that you're probably having. Many people know First Liberty Institute is based here in the great state of Texas. Their leader, Kelly Shackelford, is a board member of Texas Values. Also, my mentor, I got to work under here for many years. There is no question they lead the fight for religious freedom. And on Monday morning, after a lot of us were thinking about what a great weekend where Roe versus Wade, here comes this incredible victory for religious freedom. Coach Kennedy wins his case because of y'all's excuse me, representation and gets to make that prayer at the 50-yard line. Tell us about what it meant for you individually, but also what it means for prayer across the country. You know, we're, we're just thrilled. Uh, it's been a great week to think about all the hard work that's gone into this case for almost seven years now. When Coach Kennedy was fired back in 2015, why was he fired? Because he went to the 50-yard line after the games, took a knee in private prayer by himself, and the school district said that that was too much, that students could see him engaged in religious expression, and, and that could coerce them into some sort of behavior that would violate the Establishment Clause. Well, on Monday, Justice Gorsuch and uh, five other justices of the Supreme Court uh, decided that not only could Coach Kennedy get his job back, but they declared that he did nothing wrong. Yeah. But the school district, on the other hand, they had violated his free exercise rights uh, by misinterpreting the Establishment Clause. They violated the free exercise clause, and they also violated his free speech rights. And if that weren't enough, mm -hmm. they said if you fired him because you fired him for his religious expression, you've also violated his civil rights. And so uh, the, the, the justices declared that the school district had engaged in religious discrimination. Uh, they didn't leave any wiggle room in this opinion. Coach Kennedy has won his case. It's complete. You know, frankly, we're just sitting by the phone right now waiting for the phone to ring to find out when he's got to be back in Bremerton for two a days. That's right. That's right. Hey, my sons, they had their football practice 
last week. They they were at a seven-on-seven tournament. I mean, football is a year-round sport, particularly at the high school level. You see them practicing all the time. And look, I mean, personal foul, right? Major penalty on the uh, the people in the, in the government schools that did this. And, and, you know, a lot of people, because the case has been around for a while, may have sort of forgotten about it or not sure, you know, where it was coming from. And there, so people have been asking me about it. Why is this important? Or why was it up to the U.S. Supreme Court? And I told them, I said, it's real simple. He was fired. The school fired him for a voluntary prayer on the 50-yard line. And as you know, Jeremy, there's some history on this issue in our state. Uh, Santa Fe case 25 years ago ruled on different circumstances, but certainly the issue related to football prayer. Several years ago, I had a very small part in the case um, out of Medina Valley, west of San Antonio, where a young lady was giving a speech on the football field for a graduation ceremony. This is a very important area of law. It's important for the court to get it right. And I think they did here to, uh, on Monday. Yeah, not only did they get it right for Coach Kennedy, but the precedent that they've set now sets coaches, teachers, and other administrators or personnel for the school districts at ease. Because under the Ninth Circuit's opinion, it was uh, they could be fired for you know wearing a crucifix around their neck at school or taking a knee in private prayer. No longer is that the case. If you're familiar with the law, the lemon test, well, that lemon case, that's no longer good law. And that's going to have wide ranging impact as, you know, coach, or I'm sorry, I keep calling him coach, Justice Gorsuch, uh, <laughs> he kicked the school gates, schoolhouse gates open so that uh, teachers and coaches, they can carry their constitutional rights when they walk through those schoolhouse gates without being afraid that they might, you know, be fired because they say, God bless you to a kid in the hallway who sneezed. Now, look, and, and this is a reality, right? A lot of people have not faced this before. They're not in these situations. And sometimes you have to, you know, sort of emphasize this a little bit and because they they can't believe it. Really? They fired a coach? Yeah, that's that's exactly what happened. It's that simple and it's that wrong. And, and you talk about the seven years and the length of time. Um, some of these court cases take a long time, right? And, and it takes a lot of patience. It takes a lot of financial investment and commitment. It can be very difficult to go through that. Not to mention when you have a client like Coach Kennedy, they got to find another way to make a living. I mean, there's a you know practical day-to-day reality to this. Um, and, and you know, people ask me about it. I'm saying, look, we're talking about the First Amendment. There's a reason that the freedom of speech, there's a reason that the free exercise of religion is in the First Amendment, because that's how important it was to the founders. Talk about all these other so-called constitutional rights. This one is very clear. But a lot of times we still got to litigate them in these circumstances. And I, OK, I got my little prop here. I got my Texas values football. I'll take off my uh, my virtual screen for a second. And so I'm hoping maybe that uh, switch cameras here that I can get a little signature on the Texas Values football here, Coach Kennedy. I'm a big football guy, and I have liked little collectibles. So maybe you guys might might be able to arrange that if, you know, once he uh, steps away from some of the, the mini media interviews that he's doing. But you might remember Texas Values submitted a legal amicus brief supporting Coach Kennedy along with our state family policy uh, organizations when the case went up to the U.S. Supreme Court. But it's an honor to stand with you all doing such great work there at First Liberty Institute. Well, I tell you, if Coach were here, he'd be the first one to say thank you. It's been, you know, he's been the face of this fight for almost seven years. He's used to that. He was a Marine. He fought for all of our freedoms in foreign wars, but now he's been fighting for our freedom in the courts. And so he knows that there are millions of people behind him that have made this day possible. And because he was willing to stand up and never quit on this issue, not only is his rights protected, 
for the rights of millions of Americans. We are today more free than when we woke up on Monday morning. And that's going to be a case that's going to protect our religious freedom for our teachers, our coaches, and others for decades. Uh, we'll be studying about, or generations will be studying about Kennedy versus Bremerton School District for generations in law school. And that's a great thing for our republic. Well, and, and you might be aware of this. The State Board of Education right now is talking about history and social studies standards. I'm going to make a big pitch to have this as a court case that students learn about for many years because it is certainly significant. And the representation comes from right here in the state of Texas. And I see that he keeps smiling. I see some of y'all's notes on that. Tell him from all of our team at Texas Values that we hope he keeps smiling. And we're so proud of him. And we thank you, Jeremy, for being our guest today on the Texas Values Report. We'll do it. Thanks so much, Jonathan. Okay, great. Well, great job, Jeremy. First Liberty Institute, Kelly Shackelford. We're going to transition to our last segment and a dear friend who goes back many years in her connection and interaction with Texas Values, and that's our good friend, Lauren Musica. She is a lawyer and she leads Sidewalk Advocates for Life. This is a national pro-life organization. She is a Texan. All right. Got all three Texans on our show today. Um, and she has been leading this organization for quite some time. And, you know, look, I mean, the pro-life movement uh, has gone through a lot of different stages. I think when we started focusing a lot on the prayer, on meeting women at the sidewalk in that area, that had a tremendous impact. And so she's given her life to this issue. Lauren, welcome to the Texas Values Report. Thanks for having me, Jonathan. Great to be with you guys today. Well, and I heard from our colleague, Mary Elizabeth Castle, you got an award over the weekend, Pro-Life Woman of the Year. That's a pretty Apparently. good one. <laughs> I, I mean, no in, the, in the year that Roe versus Wade is overturned, oh, it's hard to yeah. get better than that. Oh, my goodness. I had the great privilege of emceeing the Pro-Life Women's Conference the weekend that Roe was overturned. I can't even wow. begin to tell you what an epic celebration that was. And I was surprised to receive this award. And of course, I received it on behalf of all the great saintly sidewalk advocates that continue to go to the darkest place in their communities, yeah. their local abortion facility, and offer those loving, life-affirming alternatives to women and men going in. So, well, uh, what a look, uh, Mary Elizabeth Castle from our team was there. She was delighted to be a part of it. She talked a little bit about it earlier this week, just what it was yeah. like to be there with everyone and to mm. experience this victory, to hear about it. And I heard you made an announcement, too, when it was coming out from the media that the Texas abortion entities had said they were closing as a result of that uh, decision. I want to look, I have not anywhere close to you and your team, but at times I have been there on the sidewalks. I have kneeled. I have stood. I have prayed in front of abortion clinics. That is difficult to do. Now, some other people may find it easy or, you know, that's second nature. And all the point I'm trying to make is just to acknowledge that, you know, that's a really important thing to do because you can see the interactions or you can see people coming up to the abortion clinics and you're sort of face to face with knowing what's going on in there. I know when my kids have come with me, they ask questions and talk about it a lot because it just becomes a little bit more real, but it's such an important part of this movement. And I think, you know, as we've seen with Abby Johnson and others, that it has an impact. Uh, tell us why, tell us a little bit about your work, the ministry, and why it's been so important to the pro-life movement. 
Yeah, well, first off, I mean, what a joy to one by one by one announce that this state or this state was now abortion free from that podium at the pro-life women's conference. Absolutely amazing. And, you know, like you've acknowledged, it's not easy. It's not fun, at least, to go to a, an abortion facility and stand out there and see woman after woman going in. But it is incredibly effective. And so when we're out there really standing in the gap for these women, women who often have not heard that a local life affirming pregnancy resource center maybe next door to that abortion facility a mile down the road really offering them help hope and options we see miracles on the sidewalk you know jonathan one reason that i love partnering and working with you guys at texas values is because we need to work on both levels of law and culture right and culture is the hearts of the people and when we're out there in front of these abortion facilities you know really there in a, a spirit of peace prayer and love it changes everyone's view about what it means to be pro-life you know sometimes when we think of pro-life we think oh it's just advocating at the capitol i mean that's super important important, right? But when people see a smiling face there, someone who's well-trained, loving, peaceful, just saying, hey, I care about you. We've got resources and options for you. There's no lack of those here in Texas. Thanks in great part to your team. They just need to know that they exist. They need to know that these resources are available to them. So it is just a great honor to go there and let moms know that, you know, these things are available to them. And in eight years, really of God's people going out to abortion facilities, all over the country, just in our ministry alone. I mean, any day now, we're going to celebrate that 18,000 women in eight years mm, wow. have accepted help from a sidewalk advocate. These are actual handoffs to a life-affirming pregnancy resource center or where a mother otherwise let us know that she was choosing life. Oh, those are real numbers. You know, when you yep. think about it, um, and people sometimes don't want to think about the fact that 63 million babies have lost their life through abortion since 1973. These are real numbers. That's a huge number. That's an enormous number. Um, and so I've heard some people say, oh, they're turning the clock back on this or that related to women. And I don't agree with that. But even if you turn back the clock, you can't turn the clock back on 63 million babies. I mean, that, yeah. you, the, you can't come back from that as far as you can't bring those babies back from life. But what we can do is moving forward, continue to give women encouragement and support. That's what you're doing. And you're also meeting them knowing you may not be able to come into contact with them if not for being on that sidewalk and also acknowledging the power of prayer. Prayer has been such an important part of this. I know the state of Texas has invested $100 million in the Alternatives to Abortion program to let women and uh, families know that their babies and themselves have support um, our, you know, friend Abby Johnson tells us that $200 can be the difference in whether or not a woman has an abortion. And so uh, I'm hoping more states do that. But right here in Texas, we've got that support. And I would imagine from what you've seen as well, that when women know it's not just about making that decision, but it's also about about having someone by their side moving forward. Yeah, Absolutely. Um, you know, the number one issue that brings a woman to the abortion facility is financial strain. I mean, how heartbreaking is that really? You know, this is a permanent solution to a temporary problem. And 
uh, women just deserve so much better than the violence of abortion. I mean, what a message from the other side that you're not enough, you're not strong enough to do this, that you have to take the life of your child in order to get the life that you want. And we as a pro-life community, especially here in Texas, we've been a beacon of light to so many all over the country. You know, we know as Texas goes, so goes the rest of the nation. And I see that when I travel, that all eyes have been on Texas from the heartbeat bill. You know, they, they saw what was going on in Texas as a preview of what a post-Roe America would look like and how we would operate soon after Roe was overturned. And so literally just being there to tell a woman, this is the message of the pro-life movement, that you are strong enough, you are amazing enough, that we will give you not a handout, but a hand up to the destiny, to the great future that is ahead of you, and that we will journey with you as long as you need us to journey with you. You know, a lot of people don't realize, and this is what's so ironic to me, is we are seeing pregnancy resource centers get fired firebombed, pro-life yes. offices get firebombed. You know, the pro-life movement sometimes gets criticism like, oh, you just want the baby to be born, but you're not there for her afterwards. While the pregnancy centers that we work with, the vast majority will actually journey with the mom up to two years, if not longer after the baby is born. And now we're firebombing these places. I mean, talk about choice, right? Yeah, we no, there, giving, there's right. Isn't that unbelievable? There's no choice when that when someone wants to end someone's life in such a violent way, abortion's yeah. violent. And so are these other methods. We got just about 15 seconds left. Yeah. Give us a website. So if people want to learn more about your work. Absolutely. So people can go to sidewalkadvocates.org where they can start, join or give, right? Our, we're now shifting in pro-life states to covering abortion referral facilities. Keep your eyes on these facilities. Some of the abortion facilities in Texas, even just as of yep. a couple of days ago, became referral sites. And so we're still there. We're still there for women in the great state of Texas. And well, she's been awarded pro-life uh, is it pro-life woman, pro-life person? What did pro-life woman of pro the year? Pro-life yeah, woman yeah. of the year. We know what a woman is. That's I didn't know right, if they just. Do. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if you were just the person of the year. You know, regardless, <laughs> but pro-life woman of the year and the leader of Sidewalk Advocates for Life. Lauren Music has been our guest today on the Texas Values Report. Thank you, Lauren. Thanks, Jonathan. Okay, I got like thirty seconds left to make my fundraising pitch. Today is June thirtieth. We need your support by June, uh, by midnight tonight. It is our fiscal year end deadline. We have $100,000 to raise and we bring you great guests with this weekly show. We also do advocacy work. We do educational work. You heard some of the court work we helped with supporting this Coach Kennedy case. Amicus brief at the U.S. Supreme Court urging the court to overturn Roe versus Wade. We were the lead faith and family group that got the heartbeat law passed that protect churches, that kept men out of women's sports in, in uh, K through 12. Go to our website, txvalues.org. You can see the all the evidence. Our budget is $2 million. We need to raise $100,000 by midnight, June 30th. Make that tax deductible donation today at txvalues.org, and you can help us protect faith, family, and freedom in the state of Texas. And we'll talk to you next week on the Texas Values Report.